And welcome to Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the mighty 790-104.7 KFGO. We are here until 7 o'clock and then KFGO today on the way. The best of our live and local shows here. A um, lot to get to tonight. Red Ox lose today 4 to nothing. They're on the road tomorrow. Twins have the day off today. They are in the action tomorrow night against the St. Louis Cardinals. A lot of trade rumors going on in the uh, NBA. This is seems like the NBA offseason is more interesting than the regular season sometimes. A lot of people say that, too. Lakers looking to try to make a deal for Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's just nuts. Uh, SEC officially invites Texas and Oklahoma to join the conference. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here as far as how we are going to divvy up the Big 12 because I don't know how the Big 12 survives this. I really don't. I just – so much of this has to do with football, right? I don't think there's any question a lot of this has to do with football. So basketball schools like Kansas – and a few of the other schools that just don't have a big imprint on the football landscape are going to be able to do much to keep that whole conference alive. Honestly, the only thing that might save it is after Nebraska got a little upset about how things took place and the Big Ten saying they're not going to play this fall before they said they were going to play this fall. And then they waited till the season was a little bit later. Is the fact that you have a situation now where Kansas, Kansas State, all of them, they, they can't do it on their own. Iowa State, they're really in a geographical tough spot. So where do they go from here? I think the other conferences just pick them up and we have four super conferences. And that may not be a bad deal. And if you follow my career over the past 30 years, you know that I've been a big fan of taking the Bulls and bracketing them up and having some type of college football tournament. But if you have four super conferences, you really don't need to do that. And I think we're seeing a big shift in the landscape of college sports where you're going to have big four big super conferences and they're going to go off on their own in football. And then we'll see what happens with, with really the rest of Division One, with the other smaller five conferences and then maybe some of the bigger boys in the FCS, like the Dakota schools and James Madison and a few others, may want to make a move, make their own conference. You know, maybe the whole league decides to jump up. So that will be something to watch here. I'd like to get your thoughts on it. I feel bad for the wrestling program losing a storied, and I mean a storied, one of the best ever. The two Oklahoma schools, Iowa, you can go down the line. Losing them would be awful. So we'll uh, get your thoughts on that if you want to chime in about really 2021 being the most remarkable year on how college sports are changing ever. I didn't think they're going to be able to do it, but it looks like as time, this is going to be overnight, Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, they were able to get out of any media type of ties that they would have at the Big 12. And if I'm the Pac-12, I get pretty aggressive here. I really do. I think, you know, uh, you want to beef up your schedule. You want to beef up your teams and get in the central time zone so you're more relevant. So if USC happens to play at Kansas State, 
Yeah, that's going to be a 2.30 start instead of a 9.30 Central Time start or a 10.30 time start out in the East Coast. So that could be a positive thing for them. So if you want to chat about that, we certainly can. This is Couch Potato Radio, and love to get your phone calls on this. And we'll also talk with Nick Vetrano. We'll talk more about Aaron Rodgers, what's going on there. Day two of camp and the day the fallout of everything that took place with his airing of grievances that he had yesterday in Green Bay. This is Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hansen, KFGO. Ah, we'll play this for Nick Vetrano, who's going to join us here in just a bit from our sister station in Green Bay, Derek Hansen, here on KFGO. Couch Potato Radio, if you want to join us, 237-5948-1800-880-5346. Let's get to Brad. Brad, thanks for being with us. KFGO. How are you doing, sir? The Sebastian of liberalism in a conservative area. That's, <laughs> I strike that kind of odd, but I'll move on. Well, uh, I will say this, and as you know, I I, I like to pride myself as uh, being frustrated with both parties equally. But yeah. uh, if you look at like the metro here, you'd be surprised. Just kind of research and stuff. It's uh, it's a little bit more purple, if not a, more of a shade of a blue bluish purple within the metro area. You know that works. So yeah, but they don't buy the ads. Yeah, well, a lot of them do. <laughs> they don't buy the ads and the money talks. And, well, and, you know, but I will say that. Well, if, if that's uh, the case, am, we're we're doing the best of anyone in that too. So I am surprised that you know, there's you got three liberals on during the, during the afternoon. I, I'm surprised that the the, the powers to be allow that in Fargo. But well, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's not about what, what why not. I mean, there's conservative talkers everywhere in the country. That doesn't make any sense. As long as they bring ratings uh, and revenue, it doesn't matter. Yep. So. If well, true. If you guys were, were down on Fargo, down on NDSU, uh, that you'd be gone quick. But you aren't. So uh, sports, okay? Yep. Uh, losing my train of thought. You got me. <laughs> you got me round up, wound up. Uh, you know, UND hockey when they lost uh, Wisconsin and yep. and Minnesota, that that hurt. Because you talked about the wrestling program, right? Well, right. I mean, but I think it hurt. Right. It hurt Minnesota, yeah. Wisconsin. It seems to be more than it hurt actually. You know, the NCHC has been a very strong and profitable conference. Yeah, well, those series, Minnesota and Wisconsin, when they come to Grand Forks, were the best series. Well, for yeah. sure. Yep. For for year for for decades. Uh, you, when you talk about the football being uh, split off in the conferences, you know, St. Thomas set set the standard. St. Thomas jumped two divisions. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. They say it couldn't happen. It could. It can happen. Could NDSU jump two divisions? Uh, well, there's an example right, right, right in their own backyard. Uh, does NDSU want? Want? Does Fargo want big, big time football? I don't think there's any doubt. Does Governor Burgum want that? He's 65 now. Does he want that before he he passes on his legacy? I think he, without a doubt. I think you, I would not just to guess. I would not be surprised if they jumped two divisions and and got. And I think the plan is out there. Well, they only have to want, jump one division. I mean, they only have you only go from FCS to FBS. So that, that's all they would have oh, right. to do. I right. mean, the the thing is, yeah, yeah, but, the question is, where are they going to go? What conference well, is no, going to want them? That's not true. The, the power conferences. There's never been an FCS jump to the power conferences. No. But I, I see what you're saying. If they're going to go to one of the power conferences, but what? Right. What? So much of this is about the SEC network, the Big Ten yeah. network. And I yeah. got news for you: 
I mean, about you know, ten suburbs equal the yeah. population of North Dakota in, in the Twin that. Cities. So they, I mean, there's no interest in getting the North Dakota market. So well, that, if you got the money and you got connections, you can do it. And uh, and uh, 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 and like I, I'll hang up. But I'll leave you with that. There is a plan already in place, and I think Governor Burgum knows what the plan is. And I think there's big plans for NDSU. What what conference do you think they would get invited to? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, would you agree, though, that there is a plan there, and, and it just has no, Well, there's yet? no plan there because there's no chance they're going to go to the one, the, one of the big four conferences. I mean, the big guy's got a plan. Well, I don't know what the plan is. Are they going to go? I mean, the the best that they could do is go to the Mountain West, and there's still going to be schools in California that don't want to go to Fargo to play in a nineteen thousand seat stadium. I mean, just they don't want. You know, no matter what the perception is of North Dakota State football around here and what they do in the FCS, yeah. there's yeah. still a perception that. It's just, you know, just as far as how it looks to them, it might be a little different. So I could be wrong on that, but I just don't think that Boise State wants to get in that type of situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, and who who knows how it plays out? Maybe Boise goes to the Pac-12, and maybe they pick up all those other schools. I think right now NDSU has just got to sit back and wait and to see how it all plays out because there's so many unknowns of what's going to happen with the NCAA. Now, I mean, the NCAA – they're pretty yeah. much, they're powerless as far as any enforcement. So it's all going to be about tournament planning for them. I mean, they're essentially the largest tournament planners in the world right now because uh-huh. that's all they have. Right. So, well, yeah, money's not a problem. I, I, when I read Bison the Bill and talk about where you get the money for this, where you get, there's plenty of money. Well, there's, there's, money not, co- there's money coming out of their socks. Yeah, but there, I, yeah. I, I, I talked to folks up there. You're going to have to, you're going to have to add another zero to what your athletic budget right now is if you're going to get to that point, what you're talking about. They could maybe. You know what that would do to the city of Fargo if they accomplished that? Yeah, it would. I mean, but, it certainly would help, but I mean, you're. Help. Holy mackerel. But, but your revenue is still the same in the Fargo Dome. I mean, there's no, just the way that thing is got, structured, there's no way they can add on to it, really. It'd be, they have to lift the roof, essentially. So I don't there's know. Two, there's $2 billion coming in the, uh, for, for water projects. There's plenty of money going to be deposited All right. for Fargo. Well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I just, I don't. Th- thanks a lot. And there's your, a legacy fund, and there's a there's, yeah. there's a, well, there's, that's there's, that's all fine and good. But I mean, the bottom line is they have to raise the money themselves. And the University of Minnesota, and Iowa, and all that. I mean, if they're not interested in Iowa State, they're not going to be interested in North Dakota State. You mean laws mean something nowadays? Well, I mean, yeah, you could pass you could pass anything you want. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> but when you're talking, you're talking. Thanks a lot for your phone call. You appreciate. It. I just don't. There's nowhere to go geographically, population wise. There's nowhere to go. I mean, I think that NDSU fans have to enjoy where they're at. I think that they have to, you know, take it and just let this ride out. I mean, you they got to ride this storm out and then pick up the pieces and go carpet bagging afterwards. I mean, honestly, that's the only route for them right now. I, I don't know what more they can really do. If they push this, they're going to have nowhere to go, literally nowhere to go, because the Big Ten is not going to want them. I mean, if the Big Ten is saying Manhattan, Kansas, we're not really even that concerned about the Kansas City television market because that's what you're getting. If you if you're taking one of or both of the Kansas schools, because Kansas City is interesting. I have cousins who live down there. It's much like NDSU football and UND hockey here for the non grads because there's a lot of people down here who went to maybe one of the other schools in town on the Moorhead side 
or maybe me like Bemidji State or a few others, where you kind of jump on the bandwagon of, su- of successful programs, right? And I joke often about how on Facebook I would see friends of mine go up to a Friday night UND hockey game wearing you know, the, the hockey jerseys of Kelly Green and White, and then the next day put on Forest Green and Gold and head on out to Bison Tailgating. You know, the two of the hottest things that we have in the region here throughout the state and certainly the western side of Minnesota. And that's the way it is down in Kansas because the Kansas football program has struggled so long, but Kansas basketball is huge. And for the city of Kansas City, Missouri, and also Kansas City, Kansas, it's a big deal. And then Kansas State been more successful with football. So on Saturdays during the football season, the same folks in the winter who are yelling rock, chalk, jayhawk, they like to pull for the football team. Not everyone. <laughs> the true Kansas alums, the true Kansas State alums, it's it's pretty vicious. But, you know, for the, the bandwagon fans, that's kind of what you got. And that's a long way of saying the Kansas City TV market is a little bit mixed, and you get that. But it's not that big of a market that's really going to be a big imprint and saying to advertisers, oh, look, we have more per subscribers now. We're in Kansas City. So it's it's an interesting time right now, unless you want to sell the Omaha market in that whole area too. But that's awfully hard because Nebraska's kind of a big deal in that area. So we shall see. We, we shall see how it all plays out. It's an interesting time. And Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to be in the Big 12 for a few more years here, so you have to worry about it yet. But it is going to be uh, the 25-26 academic year is when they make the move to the SEC for the Longhorns and the Sooners. Certainly changing a lot. Our good friend, we have one quite a bit when we can, Nick Vetrano with us. And uh, he's been on with me for many, many years. And boy, I tell you what, Nick, uh, you certainly are at the epicenter of all the news in the NFL because your beloved Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I, I tell you, it's been nuts. Yeah, it's a nice little epicenter since the plane <laughs> landed at 11 o'clock central time at Austin's Travel. It's been, it's been, you know, it's funny. It's been what it is. It's just fun. We're all, everybody's just kind of having fun with it. And, and the circus that surrounds it and the news crews that were camped out at the airport waiting to see if the plane would come in. I mean, they were tracking it all the way where it was, it was landing in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it was like, if this is Aaron's plane, then it's going to lay over in Albuquerque and it's arrived. And then there were photos. These are grainy photos, but if you look closely, you can see Aaron in the cockpit. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, it's amazing. Cause that reminds me, cause you know, for two years with the, uh, the Packers old quarterback that played for the purple, that was two years in a row for us. We did that exactly with Favre. Yeah. So, Yes, no, completely. I mean, it's the only constant that history is going to repeat itself, but it quite literally has again. It's it's hysterical. It's a the press conference. I mean, no holds are barred. I don't think I ever remember a more frontal press conference talking about open criticism of the front office after you just decided to not have a divorce. It was uh, that was something. What was your take on that? Yeah, I, I just kind of in awe, to be honest with you. I think you're right. I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that before. And it's kind of like, okay. And in, in the end, I guess I've sort of reached the point with it all that there's no way the fans, and truthfully, there's really no way the organization can really lose at this point. And if if Aaron believes because there were things that happened behind the scenes to which you know none of us are really a party to, 
it allowed him to feel good enough to come in and land the plane and play this year and we'll see next year. If all these things are good, nobody really loses anymore. You can kind of say what you want to say or feel the way that you want to feel and Aaron can lob some scud missiles from the podium and the Packers can crack back if they want. But in the end, there's football and he's on the field and we're going to, you know, like, let's go, let's go play. Let's go play some football. I think that's sort of, I mean, that's my personal feeling at this point with it all that I really don't think there's a lose anywhere because there's not a single fan and there's not a single member of the organization who didn't from the very beginning of all of this stuff, believe that the best chance to win football games is with Aaron Rodgers under center. Everybody agrees on that. It's maybe the only area that everybody agrees upon throughout this whole thing. And so here we find ourselves, no matter how you really feel or no matter how anything really has evolved or what might be said now, the guy's going to play under center. And so let's all just, here we go, focus on the prize and let's go forward and play some football. And then, and then let's kind of just figure it out. I mean, I guess everybody wants there to be a winner and a loser, you know, like, Oh, the Packers won because he showed up or Aaron won because of the press conference. And he was able to say what he's always wanted to say. And now Randall Cobb is back. And "Ah!" I don't know that anybody won or lost. I think both sides recognize that the best case scenario to win football games, which is really what this is all about is to have Aaron as the quarterback. So what exactly is your problem? And, and Aaron, you tell us what maybe we can do and we're not going to give you the franchise, but maybe we're willing to listen to you. And maybe in the end, that's all that Aaron truly wanted. Maybe this was more of a calculated front to just get some conversations going. And maybe it isn't as bad as everybody thinks. And maybe it's not nearly as good as everybody now thinks. I honestly, at this point, don't even care. Just come in and win the Super Bowl. Just win football <laughs> games. Everybody's happy if you win a stinking football game. So it's it kind of, I always go back to Ebby Kelvin, Nuke Lelouch in Bull Durham. Winning, it's better than losing. So let's go in and let's let's play. And, and uh, truthfully, ultimately, from the organizational standpoint, I think they're in a great spot because, like I said, Aaron wins more football games. So he's your quarterback. You also have other players in the fold, and Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith and all these other players, you know, that they, the information begins to trickle out about how they feel about contracts or whether they're willing to negotiate. It really is a big cause and effect. And for the Packers and for Packers fans, which I'm a huge fan long before I ever covered the team, you just want to win. You want to win games. And so if Aaron comes in and we win football games and these guys, let's say they are even truly unhappy and they want out, they're all going to be playing for free agent stages and trade stages out there at the end of the season. They're going to want to win football games. They're going to want to play great. They're going to want to put their best foot forward. Either way, we win. And then if we win the whole stinking Super Bowl, then you got an organization that can look at all these guys and go, wait a minute, do you really want out? How bad do you think it really is here? We just won the Super Bowl, and you want to maybe try to do that somewhere else? Or do you want to stay here and, and let's talk a little bit? Let's figure it out and keep the nucleus together. No matter what happens, really, as a fan, you're just kind of excited now. However you feel about the men themselves, it's, it's about winning football games in the end. And I think, I think they're in a great spot. And you got a guy with Aaron. Who knows what his motivations are, but he seems kind of chippy, and that's a good Aaron Rodgers to have as a quarterback. A guy's got a chip on his shoulder. That's all good. Thumbs up. Yeah, and I think Nick Vitrano with us from the uh, Green Bay Packer flagship station in, in Green Bay. Uh, Nick Vitrano, a longtime a friend of ours here on this show, even before we were sister stations with Minmouth Communications. But uh, <laughs> I, I got, we, we've been having him on for years. Nick, this is the analogy I kind of looked at. It, it almost was like, 
you know, as a Packer fan, it had to be one of these things where it's all oh, that couple I know that it looks like they're getting divorced, and I feel like I have to take a side. Oh, I guess they're going to, you know, stay together through the holidays and try to work it out maybe for the kids. <laughs> Great call. <laughs> I mean, that's the way no, it looks. Cause, no, I mean, you're I mean, exactly right. And like, either way, Santa's going to have Christmas presents under the right. tree. You know, it's kind of like, all right, let's open the gift. I totally agree. It's a great way to look at it. Uh, because I, I think for and for Viking fans, we're kind of looking at it as okay. I mean, obviously, the road to the NFC North title would have been a lot easier. What happens from there, we don't know. But there's also, I think, a lot of faction. It's like, listen, if we're going to win it, we wouldn't mind winning it with everyone at full capacity. We heard this a lot in 2017 when, you know, we scored the first touchdown against the Eagles and thought, holy cow, we're going to have the Super Bowl in our own house and we'll be in it. And we know the rest of the story, but what was the story of 2017? Well, Anthony Barr knocked out Aaron Rodgers, right? So, I mean, Packer fans are saying you didn't, we weren't at full strength. My point being is, I guess if you, it's the old Ric Flair thing. If you're going to be the man, you want to beat the man. Yeah. It's great for the NFC North. It's great for the rivalries. It is absolutely wonderful for for Bears, Packers, Vikings, Packers. Everybody just misses the Lions all the time. It's always funny the way we talk about it. But it, there's no doubt that it, it is great for these individual rivalries and for the fan bases especially to fire some venom back and forth. And, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it, it depends who you talk to. My read on how Packers fans feel is nobody's really happy about the whole situation. A lot of fans are irritated with Aaron. I think more than what is being nationally reported, I think the feel in the epicenter of Green Bay is that fans are pretty irritated with him about everything. You know, the far thing, and, and I think we, I don't know when it was when we talked about this a few months ago, the far thing was, was never really about playing football for the Packers in the beginning. Brett just didn't know what he wanted to do. And then the Packers moved on because he retired and it set into motion this irretrievable chain of events that ultimately led to some really hurt feelings and some animosity. And then for Brett, it became, well, fine, I'm going to play somewhere and stick it up your ears. For Aaron to come out and just kind of say, I sort of want out is what got Packers fans going, whoa, whoa, what do you mean you want out? And I think that's, that's what irritates Packers fans in the end. But that's the, the, the little nuggets. Those are the little pieces that the, that emotion is what's going to drive the great fan rivalry now for the entire season. And you're going to get great shots from the Vikings fans at Packers fans about that. And, you know, enjoy him while you got him, or does he even really oh, want yeah. to be there or he's winning in spite of you. And it, it's just great. It's great for the rivalries. It's, I guess, ultimately kind of fun. It's really hard as I, as I get older and have now crossed into 43 years of age, you just kind of look at sports a little differently. And my, my father, I, one of the greatest things my dad ever did was just let us be who we wanted to be as sports fans as kids. So the pictures of the Bash brothers were up on the wall and Lenny Dykstra and all these guys. And, and eventually your individual heroes come crashing down because they're human. We set them up oh, yeah. on these impossible pedestals. And it's our fault. We put them on these pedestals that are impossible for them to uphold. And my dad always just kind of let it happen, but he would never buy us jerseys. Never as a kid did I have oh, really? a jersey with a player's name on the back. Not even the Packers? A, well, and that was, I grew up, we grew up in Milwaukee and we had Bucks jerseys. Oh, we no. had Packers jerseys. We had Brewers jerseys, but everyone was Brewers, Bucks, Packers. None of it had a guy's name on the oh, back. Yeah. And he would never do it. And he would say, guys, you can cheer for whoever you want, but you root for the organization. The players are always going to let you down. The organization's always going to be there. 
So you cheer for, and you know, it's the old adage, cheer for the name on the front. And, and as my dad and I have grown older as sports fans together and talked about it, and as I now have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, and you watch the way the Milwaukee Bucks won a championship and those players, you look at the individual players that they love from the Packers and from the Brewers and from the teams they love, and, and you kind of start to get it then as you get older that as fans, it's so irresponsible of us to hold these men and women to certain standards that they can't possibly achieve. And in the end, you just sort of have to align yourself with the organization and say, let's win. Let's win. Winning is better than losing. And so if we have to figure this out and if we maybe aren't the biggest fans of the person or how they handle something along the way or if they could have done better in our eyes, in the end, it really doesn't matter if they're on the field playing for the common goal of winning the game. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good point. And Nick Vetrano with us from WIXX, the flagship home for the Green Bay Packers in the great city of Green Bay. And you mentioned it just down the road from you. Uh, that's one of the things I want to ask you about, how euphoric was. I mean, it's kind of interesting because Wisconsin's an interesting state because all the sports teams are way, way far east of like where we're at. But yet once you yeah. cross the Mississippi River and all that, it, it obviously becomes that area. And it's weird, you know, we don't pull for the Packers much, but I think most of the upper Midwest was caught up in the Bucks hysteria, and I'm sure it was just been nuts the past couple of weeks up there. It's insane. Insane. And refreshing as a as a guy who grew up in Milwaukee, and we would, we went to Bucks games all the time, and we had the heartache. You know, it's a little bit different with the Packers, who were virtually irrelevant for almost three decades, and, and were never good. You know, on, on a Packers Sunday, you just hope you didn't lose by double digits some of those years. The yeah. Bucks were always pretty good when I was a kid. They were winning games, and they would end up losing to the Celtics or the 76ers or the Lakers, and you had this heartache when they were jumping back and forth between the East and the West, but they were good. And it wasn't until later on in, in my life, my kind of college years when they were pretty crummy, but it, it still was always a feeling of the little guys. And you, there's just something about Wisconsin sports and the, the Brewers being the smallest market, the Packers, the smallest NFL market, the Bucks, I think are fourth from the bottom in terms of market size and market share. And you never really feel like you have respect, but you're kind of okay with that as a Wisconsin sports fan because you just understand the little guy. You like being the underdog, you relish in that and, and crave it because your own expectations get a little bit tempered. I honestly never believed I would see it. Never in my lifetime did I believe the Bucks were going to win a championship. So when it finally happened, it, it was great. I've got, a, like I said, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, and, it, and it, it was just incredible to see them finally win. It's their first ever championship. They've seen the Packers on the doorstep a couple of times at heartache. They've seen the Brewers in the National League Championship Series with the heartache. So it was their first one and the most unlikely one in my eyes ever in my entire life. And it was so strange. We, there were legitimate tears. You kind of started laugh crying with about 35 seconds to go when you realized this was going to happen. And you're like, ah, ha, ha, and you yeah. kind of start looking around. I looked at my wife and I go, I don't want to, what do we do? We've never experienced this in our lives. What do we do? Do we like run with scissors? Do we call people? Do we scream? Do oh, we come on. Like, listen, listen, Set, do? settle down. I mean, you have no, everything. We have nothing. I get it. My goodness. You know, the last time we won a championship, you know, Tampa Bay only had one team. Okay. So give me, I mean, my heavens, I got to cut you off. We're sitting up here dying. You're just killing me here. My goodness. What? No, it really, no, was, I guess, it really is something though. My, my, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not hyperbolizing 
the feelings of never truly believing we were going to get there and, and get that done. And that, and really, this was the unlikeliest of the last three years as a fan, where you, you looked at the nucleus and the way things evolved over the last couple of years, and we thought two years ago was our year. And we thought last year in the bubble was going to be our shot. And this year was kind of like, wow. I don't know. I mean, we're really good, but shoot, man, it's Brooklyn, and you're down 0-2. It's like, let's be honest. I mean, they're the best team. And then it's like, hey, hey, you beat Brooklyn. Like, look at that. And then you beat Atlanta, but then you fall down 0-2, and you're like, all right, let's make this. Let's win these at home. And let, You know, you never know. Maybe we could hand them a big old poo burger, guys. Come on, let's make it interesting. And then all of a sudden it happened, and you're like, holy cow. Yeah, it, freaking won. It was – it really was amazing going on the run after being down 0-2. I guess my last thing for you on that and kind of relating the two is, you know, I'm guessing that uh, the Greek freaks probably, I mean, is he because of all the controversy? I mean, who's the biggest shining star in Wisconsin right now? Yeah, there's no doubt he is. Really? No doubt. And whether, over A-Rod over a right now? Absolutely. 100%. Where whether it's fair or not, the comparison was immediately made. And it was obviously Aaron hadn't landed yet. And nobody really knew what was happening. He hadn't gotten to town. And so all of the uncertainty was still swirling. And Giannis wins and could not have possibly been a more ideal, humble champion. And, and it really is the stories of him and what he's done for Milwaukee and, and how he feels about Milwaukee. And Chris Middleton, another great guy like that, um, who has been around for a lot of years in that city. They really are true. They're, they're incredible ambassadors for the city. And with the uncertainty of Aaron and the humility of that championship and how they handled themselves, there was so much comparison in that immediacy of, see, that's the way you do it, Aaron, or that's, that's the way you do it, Packers, even both ways. That's the way the organization treats players, or that's the way a player treats the city and the organization and the fans. The comparison, whether fair or not on either side, was immediate and really passionate. And I don't, I don't know today if suddenly people have changed their minds a little bit, but at least in, in that immediacy in that, that 10 days or whatever it's been eight days, it was absolutely 100% Giannis. And, and I don't know that that is going to fade right now. I really don't. I think, uh, I think he's been so impressive that I don't know that anybody's ever going to let go of that. That really was a pretty amazing state of events and, and how it unfolded and the way in which he, won the title not only as an individual and his performance, but the manner in which he went about celebrating and and praising teammates, praising the organization, praising the city, praising the fans. I think that feels – I guess Wisconsin fans are pretty easy to please, to be honest with you. We honestly don't expect championships. We just want you to come in and work hard. Work hard and play hard. Well, we should – we shall – yeah, and maybe the Brewers give you another one. I mean, my goodness, you guys are just, oh, you're sickening is what you are. <laughs> it's so funny you said that. I said to my, my daughter who was in tears after the NFC Championship game uh, last year, and, and she goes, every time the teams that we want to win, they never win the big oh, please, game. They yeah. always fail. And I laughed. I mean, we were laughing. So Did you give her my hard. cell phone number? And you said, let me, let, <laughs> let me call Derek up here, Minnesota sports <laughs> fan. Yeah, I'm like, I go, oh my gosh! I pulled out kind of the Jerry Maguire where I'm like, you have no idea what it's like to be me out here for two <laughs> years, the years and years. But it was so funny as my wife and I talked about it. We talked about the bed and I and we were we were joking. And I'm like, it it really is amazing. These kids have grown up in an era of Wisconsin sports where they honestly don't know anything else. They don't know anything other than success. 
And it's it's right down to the the Badgers, Badgers basketball, yep. Badgers football. I mean, everything. Our college teams, our pro teams, have been yeah. spectacular. Yeah, and it's, it's great. Really, it's never just been super. a better time to be a Wisconsin yeah. fan. Yeah, it's it's great. Great for you guys. All right, all right. That's and, ev- and everybody's pretty hopeful that this is going to be a one of those kind of. Uh, it all comes together, things for the Packers, too, finally. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings are really beefed up their defense after that embarrassment last year. I, I think it's going to be a fun year to watch, that's for sure. And watching what the Bears do at quarterback, whether it's the Red Rifle or whether it's <laughs> – it's going to – yeah, I, I'm kind of looking – it's I one of these things where I'm, I'm looking forward to all these stories, but, man, I hate to wish summer away. We, we'll see, but – I know. No, that's that's very true. It's August this weekend. <laughs> I know. Nick, it's always fun talking to you. I do appreciate it. Uh, hope to see you soon and maybe get over to the game. I, I'd hate to – I don't know if I'll make it that late this year, but uh, certainly it's always fun, and we'll chat with you again as we get closer to the season. No, it sounds great. We'll be here waiting for you whenever you arrive. All right, man. Have a great weekend. Nick Vetrano again with us, uh, part of the flagship station in Green Bay for the Green Bay Packers, WIXX, our sister station out there. We can close it up with you if you want, 237-5948. Text message comes in and says, uh, Derek, I think Rodgers had every right to vent. He was the MVP with one wide receiver. I'm sure he feels if management had given him some tools instead of uh, drafting his replacement. He'd have another ring or two. And I, I mean, I think, hey, they let him go air out his grievances. He did. Now he's going to go focus. It's going to be an interesting year. And so, as I said last night, the Vikings are looking at it as if you're going to beat the man or be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is the man. They've, you know, they've had the division here the past couple of years. And the Vikings want to do what we all want them to do as Viking fans. They have to get through the Packers. We'll wrap things up here coming up Couch Potato Radio, KFGO.